0: Hello, I'm Alan Cumming, and welcome to My Shelves. My Shelves are sort of a museum of my life. I like to keep things from my travels that are, to me anyway, the very essence of the experiences I've had. Sort of portals, if you will, to a specific time and place. And the inspiration for stories and memories and musings. Here's a papier-mâché hat. I made it with papier-mâché and clothes hangers and some old newspapers. And I wore it to an event that Lady Gaga was having when she launched some range of products. Very appropriate to wear to such an event. And today I'm talking to Susie Gorgeous. You played, was it Merry Legs or
1: Ginger?
0: I was Black Beauty. I was Beauty. Oh, I like how disgruntled you were I was Beauty. I was the lead, love. I was the lead, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, (laughs) you're Beauty. And then... And Mary Legs was a pony, Susie. I was a horse. Uh Welcome, bienvenue, Susie Gorgeous is one of my oldest, dearest friends and we met in 1993 when we were working on a theatre production together. You'll hear more of the gory details of that later. And since then, we have had lots of fun and japes and many hilarious trips and adventures around the world. Today, we're going to be talking about one of those trips to Los Angeles in 1997 when I was going there to be uh, part of a junket for a movie I'd been in and Sue was coming along pretending to be my assistant. Yeah, she was like an assistant in disguise. You'll also be hearing a tape that we made during that time. Uh, I used to go around with a dictaphone, apparently, and sort of record things, uh, early form of podcasting, I suppose. So you will hear actual oral illustrations of some of the things that Susie and I are reminiscing about. Easy, the item I have off our Coming Shelves is a clock. A clock? It's a clock. Do you remember it? It's a clock um, vintage. I, I looked <gasps> it up. It's the it's Mickey a Mouse clock, sequel. isn't it? Mickey, Mickey Mouse singing oh, oh, I, musical alarm clock jukebox. We both
1: had one of those. We both bought one. Do you remember we got yes. told off because we used our <laughs> padeans? We got
0: in such trouble. We got such trouble for buying it in the in the in the shop of the Four Seasons Hotel in Los Angeles. We put it on my room or, or on our on our uh, our per diem thing, and uh, said charge it to the thing. And then they were like, "You can't buy clocks. You can't buy Mickey Mouse clocks." <laughs> it's such a good clock, though. Do you know what I mean? Because it's got all the different. Um...
1: What's your favorite tune on it?
0: I'm going to tell. I'm going to put my specs on. I'm going to tell you all the options. I think I
1: might be able to remember. Available them all. to you. Can I try and remember? Oh
0: wait, then wait till I get. Wait till I get the picture of the thing so I can check if you're right. Uh, okay, go ahead.
1: Uh, it's a small world after all. Um, Obviously, M-I-C-K-E-Y-M-O-U-S-E.
0: Correct. You mean the Mickey Mouse yes. Club March? Um, yes.
1: Then I think there was When You Wish Upon
0: a star. There was indeed, um, Susie.
1: I think there's about seven tunes. I, I, I'm running out of them now, but I love them. all.
0: What about something from uh, Mary Poppins? Oh,
1: what
0: was it? i Am um, de li li am the lily, i am the li li, am um, de li li. <laughs> Super caliphagic, that's it, uh, expialdocious. Uh, bibbidi bobbidi boo. Oh, that's a good one. Which is an anno- I think that's an annoying. Oh, I quite like song. that I'm one. I'm sorry. And zippity Dooda that was a good one. Zippity was up,
1: a really too. good one to start the day with.
0: And then there's hi ho, of course, as well, is a very good rousing thing to be awakened by. And then there's just beep, should you wish to go. Beep
1: was awful.
0: Um, you know, awful. Awful. You could play one of but, the uh, tunes because uh, they're quite that.
1: jaunty. Could they still work?
0: No, I don't. It hasn't worked for a while. I've just got it on my shelves. I mean, I don't know if it broke or whether I just put it there. But I might get it out again, actually, because you know, what I don't like is the thing that you've got to be awakened by some electronic thing there, yeah. usually your phone. So you have to have your phone in your bedroom. I'd love to. I'd love to make a move to going back to having old fashioned alarm clocks. Yeah,
1: I don't. I as I've got older, I wake up so early in the morning. I don't really need anything to wake me up.
0: Oh God, I don't. Anyway, so that that was so that. Um, Trip we went on and where we got reprimanded for buying Mickey Mouse clothes. There was so
1: many reprimands was on that holiday. Actually,
0: <laughs> we did get into a lot of trouble. So you, what I can't remember is, did did I have to pretend you were my assistant, or did we just think it would no, be a no? You idea? had to
1: pretend because they said to you, "We were going to we're going to pay you to come over and do all that junket stuff." And you and I think you said, uh-huh. "Can I bring my PA?" And I think you n- negotiated to bring your PA. And that was me, who wasn't
0: your PA. <laughs> My biggest memory of it is that of the of the PA ness is that I was like doing the junket. And, uh, and they kept saying, oh, is, is, is Susie not going to be joining you today? I said, oh, no, she's working in the room. I kept saying that. I kept saying you're working in the room when I was doing all these interviews. And the, the publicist people were saying, oh, Alan, you know, you know, this, this, this meeting with um, CNN or something interview it has been moved by 15 minutes. Should I tell Susie? I was like, yes, why don't you? And I remember that like, they called up and they said, where is she? I went, um, she's she's by the pool. <laughs> and so they called up the pool. And in those days, it was like, you know, they brought the phone to you by your side. Lounger, and, and there was you getting a call, and they were like, "Oh yes, hello, yes, Alan's going to be fifty yeah. and you just like said, "Thank you very much," and then went back to your pina colada.
1: <laughs> I spent a lot of time, but I did come along with a couple just for fun, and I remember uh-huh. people kind of asking me questions, and me absolutely not having a clue, I'm just kind of, "Oh, I don't know." <laughs>
0: it was such a hilarious notion though and of course the other thing that we did it was it was the first time ever that uh, that i did with anyone the you can't say no challenge which i think we um, made it up on that
1: trip on on the virgin airlines i think i don't know it was a piece of divine inspiration on the airlines
0: it's so good because what you do everybody is if you're going on some sort of swanky thing you just have to say that you can't say no. Unless, of course, there's sort of moral or dietary reasons why you shouldn't uh, do such a thing. But when they come up and say, would you like another glass of champagne? You have to say yes. Would you like another canopy? You have to say Would you like a little, would you like a manicure? You have to say yes. And it's such, it's actually you realise how much of the time you have to sort of curb your desire. And actually now there's just, you just can't, you've got to embrace everything. And I love, and we definitely did, Susie. I was listening, we made a tape. Uh, on my dictaphone and when we recorded everything that we ate
1: oh my god
0: we've had our lunch now and we've had salad and cumberland sausage and mash and I had chocolate mousse and had
1: lemon tart
0: and we've had white wine, red wine champagne, I've had brandy cheese, chocolates coffee, grapes grapes Grapes. Grapes. (laughs) and I'm very drunk I need to go to sleep now, do you?
1: Yes, I'm going to play a few more games, then I'm going to have a little nap. Turn in.
0: You've, you've really mastered the game, Sue. I feel a sad failure on that front.
1: Well, I'll give you a tutorial later after you sleep, and away we'll go.
0: Thanks, Sue.
1: You'll be flying with Virgin.
0: So it's goodbye from me, Alan Cumming.
1: And myself, Susanna Louise Gorgeous. My
0: assistant. The thing on the tape that I uh, forgot about was that we kept writing letters of complaint... We had a lot of complaints on this trip because first of all, when we were in the Virgin Club Lounge, our um, bags got wet whilst we were playing. There was a sort of a putting game. You could like play mini golf in this little corner of this lounge. And we put our bags down and there was a puddle of because there was a leaking pipe or something. We wrote a letter to Richard Branson and complaints. Do <laughs> I don't
1: know how he could have complained. It was like the best day of our lives. <laughs> for free <laughs>
0: best day ever and then when we were complaining we, we were in the, about our wet bags we um got were late and we had to get one of those little uh little cars that they take old people to the plane on they had to come and get us you know the ones that honk as you're walking along in the airport i, I
1: think I, I i i think i've always wanted to go on one of those and then we got to go on one of those
0: <laughs> yeah then you but the thing is that you think they're going to be fun but when you're on them everyone's like why are they on them they're not old We've just been up to the little bar area for um, to a bit of reading and we had salsa and chips and cookies and chicken and mushroom sandwiches. which was delicious. Mine was delicious. It was yours delicious, Sue?
1: Very, very nice. Mm.
0: And Sue got into a bit of a strop with one of the stewardesses. Tell us about it, Sue.
1: Well, well, I said, a cup of tea not too strong, right? So they got me a cup of tea, and it didn't have boiled water. And I said, is this water boiled? And she said, "Uh, yeah. And I knew it wasn't. And if I die of water poisoning, I'm going to sue Richard Branson.
0: Thank you, Sue. We've we've had a lot of complaints with Richard Branson today, haven't we?
1: Yes, Richard's not in my best books.
0: We've we've written our complaint letter for our compensation for our wetness issue. (laughs) I didn't know what to say to that. Yes. Okay. bye.
1: You know, when, um, when you asked me if I wanted to do that, I was working at the time at the Donmar Warehouse. And I went to my boss mm-hmm. and I said, um, Alan's asked me, and they knew who you were because obviously you'd, you'd performed there. So I went to my boss and I said, yes. Alan has asked me to go to L.A. with him. Um, first class on Virgin Airlines to stay in the swanky hotel. Um, and if you say, I can't go, I will never forgive you. And that's what I said to my boss. And they kind of went, oh, all right then. I can't imagine saying that to anyone now.
0: <laughs> so much of the stuff we did on that trip, I can't imagine doing it now, actually. I, I'm just thinking about it. And I have, sadly, we have evidence. So many things we did were just sort of so naughty and bratty. And just because it was all new and exciting and we didn't quite know what we were doing.
1: But actually, we weren't the most bratty, Neil was the most bratty. Neil Neil, Neil lovely
0: Neil So Neil, Neil was our friend who was uh, he wasn't he didn't come on the trip was it with us he happened to be there in Los Angeles with uh, with Matthew Bourne's adventures in motion pictures uh, uh, dancing and he was a swan in swan lake and I was having carnal relations with Neil at the time uh, and his best and friend so he was and his best friend as well that's right I was actually Colin I was having I was having carnal relations with two swans uh, at once. And that was that was actually cause for concern. Actually, it wasn't during our trip. It was the only downside of our trip. There was a little bit of... It was like a Brian Rick's farce. Getting one swan out the door before the other one arrived. It was a bit terrible. But I don't regret it. See, no regrets. No regrets, Susie. But we were young. No. We were very young. We were. We should maybe tell the uh, listening millions, Susie, how we actually met. Do you remember the day we oh, met? Oh, I
1: do. So we we were both working at the Mar Warehouse. I was I was um, doing the costumes, and you were playing the MC yeah. cabaret. And I had to paint yeah. every night a swastika on your ass, <laughs> on your right <laughs> bum cheek. And uh, that's we, right. Obviously, we we. uh
0: had some great conversations. We bonded because of that. That was her. And I remember years later people would say to you, say, Oh, Susie, how do you know Alan? And you'd always say, I used to wash his pants. <laughs> That's what you used to say.
1: Head of pants
0: wash. <laughs> Head of pants. And then didn't you when you uh, you you moved to the Almeida theatre and I remember you were you were uh, in 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 costume there, but you actually got them to give you a really important title.
1: Oh no! I I never I I actually went to them for a for a pay rise, and I said I'd like a pay rise, uh-huh. and they said uh, the guy who was my boss then said, uh, uh, "We've thought about it, and we're not going to give you a pay rise, but because you run a couple of departments, we're going to change your job title to head of wardrobes." <laughs> Uh,
0: thanks. <laughs> so is that what it said in the programme? Uh, no, video, I think I like just sort of, of I, I don't think I accepted the title.
1: <laughs> I think I carried on negotiating for more money.
0: <laughs> head of Wardrobes, Susie. <laughs> I know, the so heady good. days. And then, because it was heady days that they uh, made it then. It was like the star studded. You did a play with Juliette Benoche. You did a play with Ray Fiennes. What was that one again? Some oh, like that Chekhov. was Ivanov.
1: And then later on, I think it was the yeah. third. So I did a couple of shows with Ray Fiennes.
0: Or oh, what Rafe did, Richard the Third too. Oh, yeah, or right. one of. But the, wasn't it Ivanov? Wasn't Ivanov? They were making a documentary. And oh god! Documentary. Yeah, I mean that's what
1: I'm always afraid of. Like I come back to that, you know, moment. So they were making a documentary, <laughs> and they came to me, and they said, uh, "We'd like to interview." And they started interviewing, me and they said, "Why is this particular production so special?" And I said, "All shows are special." Such a dick.
0: And <laughs> we. We have never let you forget it. it just I just seem thing. to go
1: when I when I get um, interviewed for anything. I just sort of turn into this sort of really weird sort of Pollyanna, Mary Poppins person.
0: I hope that doesn't happen today. I think
1: I will. You're special. All everything you
0: do is special. <laughs> all podcasts are special. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's so funny. As all shows are special, it's just the best thing ever. So- because you just—if I saw that in a documentary, I would want to slap the person that said that. Yeah, but that. you know and what I did afterwards? I went friend. to
1: the producer and I begged them to cut me out, and they did.
0: <laughs> okay. I just—I went
1: out to visit the monkeys. Do you remember? Because you were doing um, uh, Buddy, that film, Buddy. The chimps with the, the chimps. Chimps, he, oh, the chimps actually. actually. So lovely. Yes. They're so lovely. Yeah, we're in the
0: car. We've been to see the chimps. Um, we're with Sue. Hello. And, and Neil. Hello, but I'm not here. And Sean is driving us. Hello. And did you feel any maternal longings?
1: I did feel maternal. They were so cute. I know. Oh, I did feel maternal. They are very oh.
0: lovely. And Neil, did you feel any paternal longings? M- many paternal longings, yes, and I longed to have one. I long to bore a chimp. To bore, bore a chimp? To bore a, a that's chimp. grammatically correct, actually. <laughs> I think it is, really, isn't it? I think that means something different Bear. if you bore a chimp.
1: I suppose Bear. it is, isn't it? Yeah.
0: Well, none of that. <laughs> <laughs> You're not boring any chimps. I'm not going to bore
1: one, am I, no? <laughs> You us though,
0: Leo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because it was a junket for Buddy. Yeah. That was that was the junket, and uh, I was going to, I I was expecting Tonka, the one that I really loved, that chimp that I really loved. I was expecting him to um, be there, and I was going to take him to the premiere. But then they took us. We went out to sort of meet some other chimps because apparently he was well at the time. I was I thought he was busy filming something else, but it turned out there was other. Other reasons why he couldn't um i couldn't see him but we had such fun didn't we that we went out to the training place where the chimps live in the in the desert and we were we were like bottle feeding little baby oh, chimps order. apple juice and everything in fact this yeah, is uh,
1: it, on my shelves i have a photo of us with the chimps i've got it here in front of me uh, i love that photo
0: you because I, I i i remember that photo because you're wearing that little funny uh flowery yeah. hat that's actually by my friend Cynthia Rowley. Yeah, Did I, I and had a hat, matching handbag as yeah. well. I don't know where the
1: bag is. But that's I
0: have right. A yeah. Oh, do you? Oh, I love yeah, that hat. So nice. I wish I had more hats like that. Yeah, yeah we I, I, just we fell in love with those chimps, the three of us. They were
1: gorgeous. And they were in little outfits, weren't they? Who
0: wouldn't? They? Yeah, because they, they were getting them, pr- to, pr- you know, they had to get them sort of um, assimilated to wearing clothes. Yeah. Oh, Absolute those. little darlings. But do you know what? Do you know why I wasn't able to see Tonka?
1: Was it because Tonka had, was going through teenage times?
0: Basically, yeah. yes. So I, I just they kept they kept saying things like you know, like in these meetings I say, so, so, so you're going to do this interview, then we're going to be a photo shoot with the chimps, and you blah blah, blah blah blah. And I go, oh, so will I see Tonka? And they go, oh, anyway, Alan, um, now do you want uh, the uh, chicken for lunch or the blah blah? I'm like, oh, another time, you know. Oh, the, Tonka, oh, your car's here. So they kept like. In retrospect, I realized they kept sort of changing the subject. And then it wasn't until. Because you left. You left before the premiere, I remember. Yeah. Which also must have been hilarious for them to wonder why my assistant is actually leaving. I think that's all I could negotiate off of
1: work. I think I got some time off, <laughs> oh, I but see. I actually yeah, yeah. had to go back. I think I was allowed to go for like a week or something, or five days.
0: Right, right. <laughs> so, uh, the. Um, I, 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 I was doing some press interviews like i was doing a, a morning i was doing a morning uh talk show live tv talk show and uh i was in the little trailer a uh, little dressing room and the guy some you know harried producer came in and sort of said so alan we're going to talk about this 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 and this and this and then he went it's a shame about tonka isn't it and i was like <gasps> what did he die and because. Uh, Tonka was my favourite chimp and we were really really we loved each other and in all the press notes for the film like I'd been talking about him for days because they they mentioned about the fact that Tonka was you know in, in love with me and he sort of thought I was another chimp and he wanted to groom me and everything and when we, um, I said, did he die? And, and he was like, oh, no, no, no. He's just like, he's like six now and he's sexually aggressive and they thought he might try to rape you if he saw you. And I was like, what? And, and he said something like, we don't want to, don't, don't want to see a monkey doing that on, on live morning television, do we? The flyover states wouldn't like that. And I was so shocked and horrified. All I could say was, he's a chimp, not a monkey. And I was just, that was it. That was the last, I wasn't allowed to see Tonka because I was so, I'm just, you know, I would send him over the edge.
1: Oh, because that film was directed by our lovely friend, Caroline.
0: Yes. Who's also a guest on Alan Shows. Oh, is
1: she? And because Caroline's so clever and and talented. But one of the other things she directed was um, Black Beauty. When you were, you played, was it Merry Legs or Ginger?
0: I was Black Beauty. I was Beauty. Oh, I like how disgruntled Beauty. I was, beauty. You were I was there. the lead, like, love. <laughs> I was the lead. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> your Beauty, and then and I was. Merrylegs was a pony, Susie. I was a horse. Oh, I'm
1: sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. But do you do you remember we then we went out to Caroline's another time? She had this lovely ranch, we went out to Caroline's, and we we rode hmm. all the horses in the movie the in the movie. Oh, that's right. I,
0: yeah, Ginger was there, wasn't yeah, she? Ginger, yeah,
1: Ginger, Merrylegs, Beauty and i always loved name dropping the horses that i'd ridden like horsey name drop like oh yes i
0: rode I ginger <laughs> oh I'm, I'm, I'm on you know first name terms with merry legs <laughs> i think that trip that we went when you were pretending to be my assistant uh caroline's uh, caroline had had a, a fall her pony had had a fall and it was called evie yeah. And she was this little, cute little pony, and it was like she had it in a, her, like in a, a, a little stable at the bottom of our garden. And uh, we went to see it, and it was, it was you know, relatively new, and it was a little, tiny little thing, and it had an under. That's right. It spoke oh, like
1: that,
0: didn't it? It's a it like that. Hello, you. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm a little pony. And it uh, sounds a bit like, um, well, best not mention her. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Susie Alterego, Kim. Is Kim around, Susie? No nah, oh well she's around but uh, she's um she's uh, not really interested in this podcast shit. Don't
1: really like shit like
0: this. <laughs> All right, Kim, thanks very much. Can you pass Susie back on? I am back. <laughs> um anyway, so so there was a a pony with an underbite and it was so cute and it let me groom it. Do you remember at Levy? She let me groom I was the first person. First human to be allowed to groom her. had a little brush. Is that what you call it? groom Both um, well, Andrew
1: yeah. and I l- like to play competitive horse terminology games, and I think we might call that a curry comb <laughs> or a dandy brush.
0: <laughs> so when I curry combed her. Is that what you'd say? I, I think I dandy- you might use the dandy brush. <laughs> so anyway, uh, so that was lovely, though. It was a very—I mean—it was a very touching moment for me, and I've got a picture of you and Caroline looking through the fence, all sort of you know proud and jealous as I was the one that she chose to make her um, debut with. But also, do you remember when we were driving back? So this is the crazy thing, I think, that happens when people come over from uh, Britain. I was living in London at the time. We flew over. They gave me a rental car. That's the other thing. They give you a rental car, which, of course, you want to use. And, of course, in Los Angeles, you have to drive. And there was no Uber or anything then. You have to drive. And we were just – that jet lag is a lot – uh, uh, from that distance, it's a lot from going, you know, from those continents. And we were driving home from Caroline's house, and we were stopped on at traffic lights on Santa Monica Boulevard, and there was all these people. It was like just at the gay bits, like at uh, Boys Town, and it was like a, a, a cross, a crossing there, and it was all these gay men wandering. Out. And I, because I wasn't used to an automatic car. And was so sleepy and so hungover. I not well. I was hungover, probably uh, jet lagged as well. I kind of let my foot off the clutch, and of course this car started to slowly move forward. But I was chatting to Sue, and I didn't notice these. And sort of, these men were kind of like this. Sort of started to kind of swerve a little to get round it, and then I kept going. And and then and, and you couldn't. Do you remember what you said?
1: I, I I I couldn't articulate. I was again really really jet lagged, and I, I all I could say it was like it all went into slow motion, isn't it? And I just remember going oof,
0: <laughs> oof. That's right, oof, which has become the sort of uh, ex ex. I was going to say excrecence. That's not the right exclamation for anything in our lives that is you know deserves deserves an exclamation. Did we just say oof to each other because it was oof. and it was. It was terrifying, and I suddenly thought, "I'm going to plow down. I'm going to like lay waste all these homosexuals uh, in in uh, in a crazy accident because I just took my foot off because I'm jet lagged. I'm always very vigilant now when I when I'm in uh, on Santa Monica Boulevard at a crossing. I always turn it, put it into park.
1: That's very good. I'm proud of you.
0: <laughs> Thanks, you. Did you do any driving when we were there?
1: I couldn't drive then.
0: Could you not? Oh, right.
1: No, no. I didn't. I didn't get my driver's license until I was about forty.
0: Is that right, Sears Yeah,
1: yeah. I okay. love driving now. Well, because we lived in London, and there was just no reason to drive. And it wasn't mm. until we're kind of like I, I moved out of central London that I thought I better learn to drive. I thank God, because living where I live now in the middle of the countryside, you wouldn't be able to do anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. Hello and welcome to Out to Lunch with me, Jay Rayner, the podcast in which I take a particularly brilliant famous person to a top restaurant and grill them to a turn. In this latest season, you'll find me having delicious dinners with the likes of Patrick Keelty, David Hare, Nina Conti, Dame Eileen Atkins and Mary Beard and the reliably outrageous Miriam Margulies.
1: Richard E. Grant was on that.
0: He has a, an always compulsion to smell whatever's around him. Has he never come and sniffed you? Um, probably wisely. No. <laughs> All that and so much more, so do join me. Out to Lunch with Jay Rayner, available now wherever you get your podcasts. Selling a little or a lot? Do you remember at the time, round right about that time, we were obsessed with Hello Magazine? I think it was when yes. Hello Magazine <gasps> was just reaching its zenith and yes. we the idea that people was all saying, blah blah invites you to their North London We
1: did seat. our own Hello Magazine.
0: We did. We did our own Hello Magazine shoot. Do you remember those photos?
1: That's because you were so desperate to be in Hello Magazine, we actually had to do it, make it up ourselves.
0: There's <laughs> a really good one of like, it was that like you were uh, lying on a rug that was a commemorative rug for Charles and Diana's wedding.
1: God knows where I got that from.
0: You loved it.
1: Oh, yeah. I, I, was, I think I laid and put my head in the place of Diana.
0: No, you're in, the, in between the two of them. So it's sort of like a, oh. a Charles and Diana sandwich. But I don't know, yeah, I can't remember why we did that. Was that just, there was, there was one with your cat, there was one of you sitting on the loo.
1: Have you still got those photos?
0: Absolutely do, yes.
1: As well as the um, Hello! magazine shoot, we also made, me and Andrew um, made you these placemats. I think we made about five or six placemats. Oh, I he, still have Andrew those. and I did, a, we did a, like a, a photo shoot and again, it was in the days before when you couldn't kind of like, you had to actually cut out photos and stick I them and laminate them.
0: Take them to the chemist and get them Yeah, back. we had to take, yeah,
1: exactly, get them developed. And and I was at the time living with a, a friend of mine who was a ex-dancer. He stopped being a dancer to become a GP. Oh, my so God. He had loads and loads of leotards still in his cupboard. And and... So when he went out, he broke into his... Into his um, into his wardrobe. Sorry, ben, if you're listening. Broke in,
0: and, like was a padlock. You know,
1: went into his bedroom <laughs> and put on all, and he had some fabulous leotards. He had there was little well little a,
0: snakey skin. I still, I I often eat my dinner off that that still, off that placemat. And there's you, and you had these weird wigs, and Andrew's got this snake skin one piece leotard, and and then there's one when you look sort of like you're a sort of weird country and western singer, as well. Do you remember that one?
1: Yeah, yeah. And there was, uh, yeah, we got, we had some great wigs and they are just absolutely mental.
0: <laughs> yes. Why, that was such a lovely thing because that was like, it was such a nice thing. It was, I was leaving to go to live in America, well, to go to live in New York for, didn't know how long. And that was your gift to me was sort of something so that every day I would see you when I ate, ate off you, basically. It's such a good thing to yeah, do. because it to was make...
1: such a big deal when you moved away, wasn't it? We were all kind of, you know, we saw each other sort of, Every Constantly, day. yeah, or, or, or you know, or, or not every day, but every few days. And yeah, the, the talked we talked every day. Yeah, I mean, we still talk every week. But um, I
0: know, but it's sort of it's it, funny. Yeah, it was that weird sort of breaking of the chain thing.
1: Yeah, it and, felt uh, like it felt like uh, you know now it's really normal that none of now none of us live in the same country but it's really normal but at the time it felt like we couldn't really think how life would be not seeing each other all the time so we made these lovely placemats for
0: you. <laughs> wearing weird leotards <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's funny though isn't it? it's a sort of interesting thing about getting older that you sort of relax a bit about friendship i sort of think you i think then i felt anyway that you know oh if I didn't see my friends all the time, and if well, it's was, I was all sort of anxious that people are coming to visit because um, I felt that we would somehow our friendship would lessen, and actually I think that's the thing about true friendship and sort of true love and everything is that it doesn't you don't need to it's it's a bond stage. you don't need to it's not like a sort of a thing you have to keep putting coins in the meter.
1: Yeah, but I mean, it is it is a kind of magical thing as well because all uh, is are special, but um, <laughs> it, it is a magical thing because there are some some friendships that just they just carry on, they just happen, and it doesn't feel like any work and it is it's yeah easy. Whereas others just sort of fall along the wayside, don't they?
0: Yes, or then people just are this, or people get weird, you know. Yeah. So sort if of weird, so. And it's a, and also, it's an interesting thing, I think, as you get older, you think, yeah, you know, you don't, sometimes you just don't, you know, stop being friends with people. You just sort of, you, they fall by the wayside or else you just think, you know what, life's too short. I don't see enough of the people that I really do love and really like. So why am I putting time into this thing when you're bonkers? I think that's a really yeah. grown up thing to do to make a decision like that sometimes. I mean, I think pe- sometimes people do you a favor by kind of either pushing you out or or making it so that it's difficult to see them. So this basically, yeah. this podcast is about me saying, Sue, I'm sorry, but Sue... <laughs> <laughs> Susie, before we go, I just wanted to talk to you about your name because your full name is Susanna Louise Gorgeous, but it was not always thus, was it?
1: No, no, I was born... Gore, Sus- Susanna Louise Gore, and uh, I, in fact, all of my, every generation of my family have changed their name. So originally, wow, great, great grandparents were Solomons, and then um, because they were Jewish, um, they, and they were moved to this country in the, I don't know, 1870s, they changed their name from Solomon to, uh, to, to Gorebark. Oh. Less German sounding. I mean, it, sound, it sounds just as Jewish to me, but hey. It does. Um, and, Actually, Gorbach were...
0: sounds more German. Solomon sounds more Jewish. Maybe they're trying to be yeah, more exactly German so. Jews.
1: Yeah, so they went from Solomon to Gorbach. And then my grandfather changed the name from Gorbach to Gore. And then I changed the name from Gore to Gorgeous.
0: Is it because, like, I when I knew you, you were called Susie Gorgeous, but you, that wasn't your proper name then. But then shortly after we met, you did it by deed
1: yeah, I did, yeah.
0: And that yeah. was the most hilarious thing because I remember you came round to my flat on the day when you had to fill in the form and it was something like I renounce the name Gore and from this day forth I am forever gorgeous. I am gorgeous <laughs> in name and gorgeous indeed. <laughs> it was I know, just... it was brilliant.
1: It was such fun because you had to go and renounce Renounce, Gore and take on gorgeous everywhere. So you had to go, you know, I went to all these places and had to do it in an official way. I love being gorgeous. I I think it's really fun and nice. And I think more people should change their names to names that they like.
0: I do too. It's funny because I was thinking about it today when Nia was going to talk to you and I was going to ask you that. That you know, I now like I just think, oh, Susie, gorgeous. I don't even. It's you know, it's like my mum. I call her Mary Darling. I don't even think that it's weird that I don't call her mum, but well, I do call her mum sometimes. But you know, it's just sort of one of these things, and I, I, I forget how it just seems so perfect for you, and it's I'm so used to it as well. But it's. Do, I was wondering if like when you go for. Like a job interview or something, or you know, do do people ever have, What is people's reactions to it, or do they, are there? I enough?
1: think a lot of people are really curious. Like they ask me if that's my real name, and then I always just kind of pretend that it is. That I was born with it. I oh right. Kind of go, yeah, it's. But sometimes, sometimes I'll tell people you know that I've changed it, but mostly I kind of just say, um, yeah, yeah, that's my real name. And uh, but I do wonder, you know, I'm I'm. Um, Director of a charity these days, and I do wonder yeah. if people just think I'm I'm rather silly. But I don't know, I still like it.
0: I I love it. Do you care if people think you're silly?
1: No, no. But you know, it, it, it does sort of lose that sort of serious
0: gravitas.
1: vibe. But I, I I don't know. I think I, I
0: actually think people remember
1: you as well. Like once they've once they've they've met you with my name, they'll they'll remember you.
0: I think they would remember you anyway, Susie Gorgeous why? Thank you, Ed. and thank you for walking down memory lane with me today. Oh, it's our, been lovely from our Mickey Mouse clocks all the way to the your uh, poll change of your uh, name. Thanks, Susie. Oh,
1: thanks, Alan. See you Love soon. you.
0: Mean it. Bye. Love you too. Bye. it's been so lovely recording this episode of Alan Coming Shells with my friend Susie but it's also been lovely for us both to listen back to that tape we made in 1997 together on the trip to LA and one of the loveliest things we discovered was a little message that Neil our friend Neil who has now sadly left this planet uh, he left this little message to Sue after she'd gone back to London saying how much he'd enjoyed meeting her and how he hoped that they would continue to be friends One big major point is that we're missing Sue Gorgeous, and we had to look at pictures. We had to look at pictures of you, Sue, to, to remind us of you, because I really, really fell in love with you, Sue, and it was so nice to have someone here to talk to and just to listen. And I want to see you in London. And you know, they did become great friends, really great friends, until Neil sadly died a couple of years ago. And what Susie and I would like to do is to dedicate this episode of Uncoming Shelves to the memory of Neil Pennington and to leave you all with something else we discovered on that LA tape. It's Susie, Neil, and me all singing Hello Young Lovers from The King and I. Hello,
1: young lovers, wherever you are. I
0: hope your troubles are few. I have Have a a love love of my own, own, my dear. I have a love of my own. Thank you. Alan Cumming Shelves is hosted by me, Alan Cumming and produced by the lovely Jack Claremont. We are part of the ACAS Creator Network and the Crowd Network too. We just love networks. Another Crowd Network podcast to check out is... Unaccountable. It's a podcast fighting for police accountability in the United States. It's a podcast that tells the stories of innocent people who've been killed by the police, just like George Floyd, but also people like Muhammad Muhammad, Chasey House and Carrie Illidge. And so many more you haven't heard about, but you really should have. The stories can be difficult to listen to, but this could be the most important podcast you'll ever hear. It's a podcast fighting for change and we need to join that fight. Just search for Unaccountable in your podcast app now.